Now, the taxi service Uber's success is indicative of a new employment movement sweeping the globe, the so-called sharing economy. Uber and Airbnb are probably the two most representative companies that work under this philosophy. So let's take a look at what it is. Gian. Good morning, Alex. Good morning. Uh, the sharing economy, it's a new form of industry in which peer-to-peer -peer sharing of access to goods and services is facilitated by community-based online services and apps. This involves matching people's underutilized time and resources with people who need to save time or use those resources. And it's um, a socioeconomic ecosystem built around the sharing of human and physical resources. So it includes the shared creation, production, distribution, trade and consumption of goods and services by different people and organizations. So let's connect that to Uber. Yes. Well, Uber's model is to match the drivers who have time and underutilized cars with people who need a ride. And as a result, thousands of Uber drivers have entered the market, many driving their own vehicles. They do enjoy controlling their earnings, having the flexibility to work when they want to, and not having to answer to a manager. In exchange for this freedom and flexibility, Uber drivers do sacrifice the benefits associated with being traditional full-time employees. While many consumers love Uber for its convenience and economical aspects, many drivers or taxi drivers complain that Uber is making it impossible for the incumbent taxi companies in making profits and surviving themselves. So some also question the safety of Uber compared to uh, traditional taxi services. So the controversy continues on in many countries, with Uber being broiled in legal battles in some. Yeah. Is this shift toward the sharing economy, coming back to that, though, here to mm -hmm. stay? Are we just going to see it continue to explode well, in, in the face of criticism from traditional mm, industries? Well, people who work in the sharing economy, they do love it for the flexibility that it provides, uh, the earning potential and the opportunity to work outside of the confines of an office environment. Additionally, workers enjoy the fact that uh, due to the absence of direct management, they can self-manage. The sharing economy has significantly lower barriers to entry and exit than traditional employment, so it makes uh, it a great way for people to, seeking to self-manage to gain experience in the field. It also enables people who lose their jobs to continue earning while looking for their next traditional job option, and it provides a way for those who are already employed to supplement their income. So it does seem like it's going to stay. Any downsides that you'd want to highlight here? You briefly mentioned mm -hmm. before the lack of security or or benefits. Yes. Uh, I mean, anyone who's a non-regular employee or a freelancer, mm -hmm. like you and me, I guess. Yes, uh, I guess. <laughs> we, we, we could sympathize with this, but mm -hmm. uh, obviously you know, you weigh that against the opportunities, don't you? That's right. And in a share sharing economy, workers are classified as contractors, not employees. So they don't get the health care benefits or overtime pay. But the sharing economy seems to be growing rather than going away. So it seems that the best way to deal with this is to come up with making alternatives to full-time employment benefits more accessible to everyday people. Uh, fundamentally, the sharing economy creates profit.
profits by making use of existing systems or services rather than producing goods. So there is a good chance that participants will clash with the existing or incumbent players. However, the sharing economy has been evolving as of late into a more collaborative method. One company that's getting a lot of attention is Black Lane. Yes. It's operating at the luxury end of things and thereby not really upsetting that's local right. taxis too much. And they are going for the more collaborative method. And Black Lane, for those who are not familiar with that name, it's a Berlin-based car sharing and limousine service backed by automaker Daimler and operating in 150 cities around the world. It was first founded in 2011 and provided car sharing services through an app, all following the same model with slight variations. Like Uber, the majority of Black Lane's drivers are sole proprietors who are driving their own vehicles. But unlike Uber, which has sought to the market and price its uh, service as an alternative to taxis, Black Lane has followed the German regulations for library services, mostly high-end more expensive luxury cars used by business travelers to get to airports. There needs to be a one-hour lead time to book one of these uh, Black Lane taxis. This is a matter of regulation um, since on-demand services in this space is not allowed in many countries, including Germany, where it was founded. It's only allowed for the taxi industry. Mm. So as a result, taxi unions are less worried about Black Lane, which in Germany costs 25 to 50 percent more than than the average taxis. So while Uber and the taxi trade unions continue on the fight, it seems Black Lane's strategy is to maintain the good relations with the regulators and the drivers while growing its business globally. So you see... I think we can say Uber, though, has taken a multi-dimensional approach, including a bit of what Black Lane has been trying to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But thank you, Gion. Thank you, Alex. That's today's glossary.